0: I am super excited to introduce my guest. He's an actor, a writer, director, a producer, he's a man of many talents. He recently executive produced Extraction, starring Chris Hemsworth, Cherry, starring Tom Holland. He's currently producing The Gray Man, directed by Joe and Anthony Russo. The film is set to commence a newly developed franchise based on a novel and stars Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans in the lead roles. With a production budget of over 200 million, making it the most expensive film ever made by Netflix. Wow! I want to welcome Patrick Newell. Welcome to Hollywood Dreammaker. Hey, Billy. It's good to connect. Thank you for having me on. Oh, it's my pleasure, man. You know, I created this podcast to inspire young artists to follow their dreams. You know, if if a kid like me from Brooklyn, New York, could come out to Hollywood with two hundred bucks in his uh, in his pocket and a one way ticket to make their dream a reality, or if a guy like you from Brooklyn, New York, can come out to Hollywood now being producing one of the most expensive films produced by Netflix with a budget of over two hundred million, I think you said how much is the budget now? It's pretty
1: substantial, yeah.
0: <laughs> so with a budget <laughs> like that, I mean. How, how, how did you make that, that dream a reality? I mean, I'm blown away by your journey. I mean, I remember when you first came out here. I mean, when we met, I mean, I think we met, what, in, in the, the actor's gym. Wasn't it the actor's gym? We met in the
1: actor's gym, yeah. Over 20 years ago, we were both kind of actors. Uh, I was doing some producing and writing work then. You know, kind of bang around guys. I think I came out to, from Brooklyn with 500 bucks. So I had a couple more bucks than you, but not much. And uh, yeah, we met at the Actors Gym and, uh, you know, it's been a long, hard journey from there. And, you know, a lot of things we learned from Bobby Maresco about just, you know, constant hard work and perseverance. And, you know, I think one of the things, you know, for people starting out in the business to think about, too, is, you know, this is a business where you spend a lot of time with people. You know, there's a, a lot to be said to being easy to work with and happy to be there, you know. So I think that's one of the keys, too, is people understand when you kind of. When you can get in the door, make sure that you make the right first impression and keep a smile on your face and a can-do attitude and uh, recognize that we all make mistakes. I look back on some of the things I've learned, uh, some of the hardest lessons I've learned in this business come from some of the biggest mistakes I've made.
0: Wow. That's great advice. You know, it's really, it's all about relationships. You know, it's really relationships. You know, you want to want to be likable. You know, people want to work with you. You got to be professional. You got to be prepared. (laughs) yeah I mean I think what
1: people you know is that people say it's about relationships, and there's a lot to that. what I think what it what it boils down to, and I heard a director recently say this to me, a very successful director is, I like to work with my friends, not so much because they're my friends because I know what i'm getting into, you know whether it be actors, directors, producers, or you know and I think the advice if I could give some advice there is to recognize you know to those starting out in the business that you want to build those relationships and build them predicated on good work on kind of, and people who are doing the hiring want to know, you know, that if they're going to call their friend or something, that they're going to get the job done. There's so much at stake in this business on, you know, whether or not somebody, a show is successful or a movie is successful and stuff. And when it comes to hiring actors, directors, or producers, or cinematographers, or production designers, editors, people want to have a high degree of confidence that that person they're hiring is going to deliver and make them look good. So, you know, the first key to that is learning the craft and being easy to work with and understanding, you know, that we're all part of the larger storytelling team and that we have to kind of find our place in that team and service the story. And that's whether you're the actor in front of the camera or the editor, be you know, editing it or the producer producing it, we're all kind of slaves, if you will, to, that piece of material and and doing, you know, servicing that film or that TV show to the best of our ability. And when it comes to kind of being somebody who builds a career, I think, you know, those that have the ability to hire people recognize, oh, that person gets it. That person, you know, I I have a relationship, but they're also going to make me look good. They're going to make, they're going to serve the story and they're going to be easy to work with. And, you know, that's a big part of this business. You know, we spend 14, 16, 17 hours a day you know, sometimes less, but working five, six days a week, you want to work with people that you really respect and you can have a good time with and that are talented, you know?
0: Sure. You know, listen, I got to give it up to you. I mean, I know for me producing was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. When I produced my film back in Brooklyn, you know, New York, in 2000, it was literally like going to war. I mean, I felt like when I came out of it, I had like 17 knives stuck in my back and I was bleeding out and I was beat up. And, you know, it was just, it was a tough, tough job, you know? And I, and at the time I was, you know, I was young and it was an ego thing. There were no other producers on the project. It was, you know, it's me, I'm the producer, you know, I'm the one that's responsible for two and a half million dollars, you know? So there was the weight of the whole film was on my shoulders and you know, I mean, that was a mistake. If I could go back now, I would have had a lot of producers, other people producing and helping out, and delegated and said, "You can handle that, and I'll take care of this." And you know, it was just too much. So, I mean, I know for me, it's it's going to war, and you want to be, you're in the trenches, and you want to have somebody you can trust next to you in the trenches, <laughs> fighting along the battle. You yeah. Know? So, so you know, I would love to go back. I'd like to go back to the beginning, though. Okay. You know, when did you? get the dream that, you know, the Hollywood dream that I want to make, I want to be an actor, I want to make movies, I want to, when did that all come, you know, the idea come in your head? It came in my head, I vividly remember, in
1: high school, I went to high school, LaSalle Academy in New York City, an all-boys school, and there was a, a great Christian brother there that kind of brought a drama program into this, uh, the school, and we did Godspell. And I remember I'd been an athlete and a jock before that and kind of had that camaraderie with the, the as a swimmer and a uh, track. And and all. I did this play and all of a sudden I was kind of bit by the drama bug. You know, I was fascinated by all of it. I was fascinated by the directing, by the producing, by the acting. And, you know, I was a junior in high school and my senior year, I kind of, I think I did two of the plays. It was only two plays we did. We were not a drama school. And then I decided that I wanted to go study uh, theater arts and I went to Brooklyn college to study that. I studied acting and theater and, you know, kind of realized that I had a real passion for it. And I don't know that I, I, you know, I look back and I think, wow, you know, there's some people that I started off with and I thought, wow, they were super talented. You know what I mean? You're like good looking and talented and they, and you know, some of those folks have stayed in the business and some of those folks haven't. But I think what kind of made it for, when I look back with those that I started with, yourself included, Billy, is, you know, there's a, a perseverance. People really want it and they kind of recognize that this is a long game business and that you're playing that, you know, and that it's it's one step leads to a thousand steps, you know, so... But the beginning for me was really in my day, growing up in Brooklyn, my dad was a fireman and you know I didn't have any connection to the business, knew nothing about the business. Went to Brooklyn College, studied theater arts and did plays and learned behind the camera and all that kind of stuff. And then I finished in college and uh, moved out to LA with uh, my old Toyota 4Runner. And I honestly think it was about five or 700 bucks and a box of books and some clothes, <laughs> And then I kind of just set about uh, the process, you know, of kind of building a foundation and meeting people and getting involved in theater groups and different stuff. And um, over time, I kind of really discovered a passion for producing and putting helping put it all together and facilitating it all. And, um, you know, thankfully, the business responded and I've been able to make a career at that
0: quite a career. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I'm really, I mean, I'm so proud of you, man. When I, when I see, I look, you know, I was looking at your IMDB and I'm looking at all these credits and these things. I mean, you're working with major, I mean, you know, you're a major producer, you're a producer on a, you know, working with a list directors and a list talent. I mean, it's not like you're doing, you know, some little independent film, no, not, nothing against independent films, but you know, you're working with directors that directed, you know, some of the highest grossing films around. Yeah. I mean, I've been very fortunate,
1: you know, in my career to work with some really good and talented directors and other filmmakers. And, you know, I think if I was to say to a young filmmaker, you know, what's the key to that is to recognize like, we're all part of a team. And the more, the more I climbed the ladder and the more I started to work with kind of, you will, the A-level talent, directors, actors. And I realized that most of those people understand that, that it is a collaboration that you kind of collaborate with other filmmakers. The Russo brothers who I'm working with now are probably embody that the best of anyone I've worked with because they bring a core group of people, the director, the, the cinematographer, the, their other producer, their um, first AD, Chris Castaldi, a very talented filmmaker, their editors and everybody. And they kind of go through the scenes and your work and you're pitching ideas. And Jeff Haley, this incredible uh, camera operator is a big part of their, uh, their team. And you, and it's so exciting because you're sitting in a room and everybody's pitching with the Russos, like, what if we tried this and what if I tried that? And then they kind of let that collaboration sit and then we come back and then things, you know, they kind of fall in place out of that collaboration. The directors are clearly, you know, the directors and the architects of it all. But, you know, I have found that in filmmaking, it's, you know, um, it takes a team and those folks that really recognize that. And, you know, you hear about like Clint Eastwood was legendary for bringing his team along. And, you know, now having a little bit of perspective, I realize there's a lot to that because once you build that collaboration and trust with people, you really want to have them on, on, on be there on your team with you, you know? And, um, you know, I kind of literally got into producing by accident in the sense that I was Driving, I've been out here about six months in LA, and I was driving up uh, Gower in a rainy day, and I got rear-ended in a car, and I got injured—not badly, but I got injured enough, and I had to fix my car, and I had to go to therapy. And the insurance company sent me a seven thousand dollars check for my damages and stuff, kind of a settlement check. And I, at that time, I was working in a gym as a trainer, an aspiring actor, you know. And I said to a buddy of mine, "I got this money," and he said, "Well, I want to direct." and I said, "Well, I'd like to produce. So let's you got a script, let's make it." So we took that $7,000 and we made a short film. It Wasn't a very good short film, but we learned a lot. We had people like Michael Tronic, who's a, you know, a, a incredible editor, one of the kind of, you know, wise men of the editorial world now. Back at the time, he helped us out. We knew him. You know, it was my first experience with realizing that people in this business are looking to mentor the next generation. And we had some really experienced people come in because we didn't know anything about it. And We produced the movie. And from that point on, I haven't stopped producing. I produced a lot of short films. I went on to produce some very small indie movies and music videos and plays. And and then it just kind of grew. And then I just kind of developed a reputation as somebody who could, I guess, uh, get it done, get it done well, you could trust. And I think you know that's a big part of this business too whether you're a director or a producer or a cinematographer or an editor or a production designer people want to be able to you know trust you and recognize that you're somebody you can work with and get it done and and
0: that is talented and easy you know easy to deal with yeah, I mean, you know what I love about you is you did not, I mean, I love, the, that's a great story. You took the, the insurance money, you made a film. I mean, that's what you have to do. You know, I tell my actors now, you know, it's a completely different time we're living in. You know, I, I tell my actors right here, you have a friggin' movie studio here, this little cell phone. You can yeah. film on it, you can write a script on it, you can edit it on it, you can do music. I mean, you can make your, you, why wait? Create your own projects. You don't need anybody. You don't, you don't have to wait around for the phone to ring. You get to create and show your talent. If you're a talented filmmaker, you're a talented actor, whatever it is, whatever your star power is, you, you need to show the world. Nobody's going to come knocking on your door going, hey, you want to be in my movie? You got to show them that, hey, I'm a filmmaker. I'm a, I'm a writer. I'm an actor. I'm a producer. This is my talent. And show it off.
1: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Nobody's going to discover you in your bedroom. <laughs> and uh as a mentor of both of us bobby maresco used to say when we studied with them that you know the only thing that's stopping you from creating art right now is getting paid paid yeah i love yeah. that i love that love that quote and it always resonated with me and that's, and you're so right like with the technology right now with the you know an iphone and the your laptops editing systems and stuff You can make a short film. You can demonstrate your talent. You can do it. You know, the tools are so much more accessible now. It doesn't necessarily mean that because it's easy to do it, it's going to be easy to make it good. I worked in a company for a while. We made short films and user-generated stuff. And, um, you know, the thought was back then that, well, because everyone can pick up a phone, everybody can tell a story. Well, the truth is, there's a lot to being a good storyteller. You know whether or not you're a director, a writer, a producer, or an actor. That's a talent that people develop over years and work and make mistakes. And you have to recognize just because you can pick up a phone and do this doesn't mean you're going to have instant success. If you persevere and you kind of look at it and learn from it and develop your storytelling skill sets, you have a good chance at doing it. It may take you two years. It may take you 15 years to get to the point you want to be. This uh, you know, I got advice from an um, an actor friend of mine when I moved here. He has had a very successful career, but he told me if you stay in this business long enough, you work hard enough at it, you'll succeed. It may not be what exactly you anticipated it would be. It may not exactly be what you thought it would be, but you'll make it. You'll make a career out of it. And I think that's a big part of it too. Is you know, if you come into this business and like me, I thought I was going to be an actor and you know have that, and then I really discovered producing and filmmaking. And I kind of got consumed with that. I realized, you know, the skill sets I had coming from a big Irish Catholic family in Brooklyn, where it was like, I was always something of a peacemaker or a hustler or something worked out really well as a producer, you know, and I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed the collaboration. I enjoyed working with people like yourself, talented artists. And, you know, that discovery has led to, a you know, thankfully a very successful career. And I would say, again, my advice would be come out, if you're going to come out, put yourself in the game. What I mean by that is get yourself to a place where you can get into the business, even if you're lowest level PA, you know, put yourself in a position where you can cover your rent and keep a roof over your head and take the classes and do the things you need to do to develop your art and recognize that it's a long game that, you know, very few people, you know, rocket to stardom. There are actors or personalities of people who have that but most of us who make it in this business that's predicated on years of hard work and determination and making very little money doing it you know costume designers who design for theaters for years and make no money and then all of a sudden they get a tv show and then they get movies and they become very successful well it was 10 or 12 years before that where they were you know sewing clothes on the side to supplement their design living you know so again, I don't want to sound dour about it, but I want people, if you recognize, like, there's no middle road to this business either. Like, you know, if you want to make it, you got to put yourself in it every day. You know, I used to study with Larry Moss, uh, uh, an acting teacher, and he used to say the key to success in this business is get up and do the things you don't want to do, you know, make the calls, study the work, read that play, you know, break that script down, you know, whatever it may be you need to do to get your art to the next level, you have to do it day in and day out, you know. And also recognize it shouldn't be, if you're really having a struggle doing it, like if you truly feel like, oh, I don't want to act or I'm really worried about that, don't do it. This is going to be a miserable business and you should only get into it if you absolutely have to do it. And there's you're smiling, Billy, because you know this. You know that at a certain point, people realize this is it. This is what I have to do. I'm going to make it one way or the other. And if you're one of those people and that's what you want to do, then come out, you know, whether it's New York, L.A., Toronto, London, wherever it is you're going to be and you're going to start your career, you know, come at it with a, a passion an easygoing open mindset. And again, like a, one of my early acting teachers, he was, he was not a particularly good acting teacher, but he did, used to say the key to success is happy to be there and easy to work with. Happy to be there, easy to work with. And it always it was one of those things that settled on me too. It's like, you know, if people are going to hire you for six months. They want to make sure it's, they're not, you know, dealing with uh, drama all the time. The drama should be on the screen. You know? <laughs> That's what I say on my movie sets. You know, let's keep the drama on the screen. Let's keep the fighting on the. You know, this movie we're doing now is a big action movie. Like, let's keep the fighting between the stuntman and those. You know what I mean? Like, we have to work together. We have to get along. We have to problem solve. You know, and that's that's a big part of this. Is this business is really kind of recognizing that all of us, to a certain extent, are replaceable. Even the biggest stars could fall out of a movie, and somebody falls in and. You know, it's about the story. So if you recognize that you're a piece of that story, telling that story, if you're an actor who's going to be truthful in the moment and, you know, be able to, you know, deliver the lines in such a way that you're so convincing you drive the story forward, you're doing your job. If you're a cinematographer and you're making that, you know, story look the way it should look for the director's vision, you're doing your job. If you're a producer who's organizing and putting it all together and managing it, you are servicing that story. And that's what we do. You know, people don't give us millions of dollars to, to uh, create content because they feel we're going to be irresponsible with it. They give, they give it to us and get to a point in your career because they know we're going to deliver that story. That's ultimately what we are. We're storytellers. We're filmmakers. It might sound silly, but that's, you know, an actor is, a producer is, a director, an editor, a costume designer. We're all part of that.
0: Can we talk about that for a second? You know, maybe there are a lot of people that don't know, you know, I mean, I know for me as a young actor, you know, I mean, I, I've been blessed. I've had an amazing career, but you know, when I tried to put on the producing, you know, I said, okay, I'm going to produce this film. I had never, you know, I've been on plenty of sets, but I never really realized what it takes to be a producer, you know, and there's a bunch of different positions as a producer. You know, you have an executive producer, you have a, you know, a regular producer, you have associate producers, you have, you know. So what is a producer? If, if there's an audience out there that they have no idea what a producer does, I mean, I know you've gotten credit as an executive producer and a producer, you know, what does that mean? I mean, I always thought, you know, executive producer is the money, you know, producers a kind of hands on, you know, guy that's, you know, in the trenches. So can you explain that to, to the listeners out there, what a producer does and what's the difference?
1: Yeah. I mean, a, a producer is probably one of the few entry level positions left in the film business. Meaning that anyone can come into the film business and call him or him or herself a producer if they have money and they're going to be part of a project, you know. And I'm I'm being sarcastic about that, but but the truth is, you know, there's, there are very different types of producers. There's strictly like what you would call a content producer, him or her that develops a script, that takes a script, attaches an, an actor, attaches a director and then goes to the studio or goes to financiers and packages the movie. They're what you'd call a content producer. Somebody who, you know, finds that material, develops that material, attaches. That's generally that process of producing a movie from idea to completion, even in an enormously successful model, is years in the making. I've done that. I've acted as that kind of producer who takes a piece of independent material. I've written scripts myself. You do it that way, you raise the money. And I worked in TV for a while. And when I got out of TV, I said I had a wife and a kid and I said to myself, like, I don't I I'm not a rich guy. I'm a blue collar guy. I got to kind of develop producing skills that can start to earn me money right now because taking a piece of material and doing that kind of journeyman uh, or working at a company, we often producers will come out of a Miramax or a New Line or Disney where they work as a development executive and then they go out and they take it. But my point is that process of taking a script from idea, hiring a writer, it's a long game. And it's also, you know, if you're not working for a company, it's a rich person's game because nobody pays you anything until you get to the point where you make the movie. Then there's other producers who are just finance producers, producers who bring money to a project and get a credit and they, you know, and then there's producers like myself, like I'd call myself much more of a journeyman producer. I'm produce movies from packaging them and learning that way. So I understand story and aspects, but over the years, I've also learned how to make a movie, how to manage a movie from beginning to end. And when I got out of my TV job and I said to myself, what I, what I can sell with the experience I have, if I learn is if I can be like an exceptional contractor. I know every aspect of how to make a movie from beginning to end. And that's kind of the career I've built over the last 10 years is the guy that you hire to go make your movie. The studios now, I get hired by the studios. You know, executive producer, you can call me a line producer. Sometimes I'm the big P producer producer on the movies I do because I'm there when we develop it in the beginning. I like to joke, you can call me the clown producer at this point. I don't care anymore as long as I get paid and I have a good time. What title I have doesn't necessarily, you know, drive my decision making. So to answer your specific question, Billy, there's very different types. There's packaging producers, content producers, who are solely focused on the creative storytelling and then they bring it to a studio and then they partner that person now with somebody like me who produces the movie and from a physical perspective and helps put together the budget, the schedule, the management, the day-to-day and run the movie. And, and then there's producers like me that, that get hired in that capacity that are, you know, known as like the executive producer, if you will, or, uh Where we're basically the day to day operational producer on a movie, that we're the ultimate, we're responsible for the budget and keeping the movie on schedule on budget. We build the production plans. At this point in my career, I've worked all over the world now, you know, India and Africa, across Europe, Eastern Europe, you know. So. Yeah, I mean, I've been very fortunate. I've traveled the world and I'll often now get sent a script and somebody'll say, Where do I make this? How do I make this? You know what I mean? So it's that kind of that's the kind of thing with my career is taking. I'll get a script and they'll say, Where where should we shoot it? Should we shoot it in, you know, London or should we shoot it in South Africa or a a jungle movie? Where do you shoot a jungle movie? You know, movie I just were in post-production on called Kate takes place in Japan. I had made Extraction right before that in Thailand. And when I was sent the script, I said, we should make this in Thailand. We can double easily for Tokyo. And we shot in Bangkok for 12 weeks. And then we went to Japan for two weeks. And, you know, that kind of movie magic. So, you know, my career is is I'm a kind of well-rounded, nuts and bolts type producer who's hired by either the studio or brought on. I now partner with directors. I've been very fortunate. Uh, to become part of the Russo's team. And now this is my fourth movie with them. And that's a big part of it too, is it's collaborating with people. And, you know, you'll see directors and producers often work together because they built a good collaboration. And then, you, you know, you get a lot of time standing around set between setups, as you well know. And people talk and like, oh, I got this next project, you want to do that? So I guess that's a long-winded way of saying that there's no clear delineation between what a producer is. You know, it can be somebody who purely brings the idea or purely brings them money or somebody who's responsible for overseeing the whole thing or a combination of all of that. I've been fortunate in my career. I've been
0: in all of those roles. So let's talk about that for a moment. You know, there's a flip side to that coin, you know, being very successful, right. And being able to travel and, you know, I mean, how does that, you know, I, I know for me when I went to make my film, you know, we were supposed to have film that was supposed to be shot in, you know, 21 days. I was there for two years, you know, we ran out of money. I was getting my money from Wall Street and then we needed 500,000 finishing money and we had to do some reshoots and this and that. So, you know, literally I was gone for two years, you know, trying to make this film from, you know, as a producer that, you know, wrote the script, raised the funds, you know, hired my line producers in New York, you know, and all, you know, just crewed up and I mean, nuts and bolts, the whole thing all the way along. Yeah, I mean, you're
1: right. You know, look, I mean, if you're making an independent movie, and I've certainly made my fair share of those, where you're not sure where the next dollar is going to come from, um, you know, those are very nerve-wracking because, as you know, like, okay, okay, we got enough money to get us to this point. You know, I don't recommend going about it that way because it's a good way to lose your hair and have a heart attack if you don't know how you're going to get from A to Z. What I mean by that is if you budget your movie out, you're an independent filmmaker, and you say this is going to cost – $600,000 to make. It's a very small little indie movie. I would recommend trying to have all that $600,000 in the bank. I didn't take my own advice. I've made movies that way where you're raising money like you did along the way and you run out of money. That's really the indie model. Lots of stories on my first movie that I wrote and produced and co starred in Borough of Kings. I put a, I think I put like $70,000 on credit card debt. And I remember when Lionsgate bought the movie, they sent me a check Mm -hmm. to pay off my credit card debt. And I, I, I just stood there. I was in awe. Like, oh my God, I'm I'm gonna get out of this hole I dug myself in.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. That is amazing. You know, but see, here's the beauty is, is you know, as an actor, you didn't sit around waiting for the phone to ring. You said, I'm gonna create my own film, and you know, your film that your independent film. I mean, you made that happen. You put the you paid for it on a credit card. You know, you you made that dream a reality. You know, I mean, I remember when you, you had just, what year did you make that film?
1: That was 99, uh, 98, 99. I was back in New York. Yeah. And I
0: had yeah. come out. Yeah. So, I mean, I was in New York in 99. That's when I got there to make my film. And then I came back in 2001 and that's when we ran into each other. And I remember I had King uh, Kings of Brooklyn and you had, uh, you know, your film. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we, that's how we started talking about filmmaking. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. I I remember it
1: vividly now. No, I mean, that's the kind of thing you need to do in this business. If nobody's giving you the opportunity, you got to make the opportunity. And whether it be writing your own movie and producing your own movie or telling your own story somehow or getting yourself seen in the right way. You know, somebody, uh, uh, another wise person gave me very good advice early in my career. I remember I was talking about that movie to, uh, he was another mentor. He was a composer, very, very successful Jack Elliott composer. And he said, how's the movie? And I said, well, you know, we're finishing. He said, no, not that movie, the next one. (laughs) And I said, what do you mean? He said, kid, it's always about the next one in this business. And I remember thinking he's so right because, you know, it's a short-term business. Even if you're the most successful actor, maybe you work on a movie for seven or eight months or as director, like, you need to build a body of work. So you need to be thinking like, okay, how do I build up longevity? If I'm going to produce this movie and write this movie for myself, what's happens after that? Am I going to go on? I thought when I made my first movie, I'd go on, and have a big acting career. Most people said, Oh, you're okay in the movie, but wow, you made that movie for that amount of money. And you know, um, it opened up a huge producing career for me. I would have liked if it had opened up a huge acting career, but it
0: didn't. You know, yeah, but I mean, now you know you're producing these major budget pictures, but you know, I, are you acting in some of these roles? I mean, you're getting a little acting roles in them. Place some small parts over the last couple of years. I've done that. Small parts, a little cameo stuff.
1: And you know what? Though I'm perfectly okay if I don't act. Like I'm, I'm very satisfied. Like I would say. I'm living my dream job. Producing for me is a passion. I love it. I love. It's awesome. Yeah. And so, you know, It has to be. It has to be. That's this kind of business. And, you know, I thank myself every day. I pinch myself like, wow, I've really kind of, I've done okay. I can supply my, support my family and live a good life and do honest days work and get paid for it in this business. If you can do that and build a career over time, you know, like Jack Gellett said to me, it's about the next one. It's about looking forward and saying, okay, I learned from this project to this movie. I did okay. I'm going to put that to rest. I'm going to move on and I'm going to do better and, you know, learn from those mistakes and embrace the things that worked really well and let those
0: that didn't go. It must be really hard being away from your, your beautiful three daughters and your wife for long periods of time, huh?
1: It has. Yeah. I've spent a lot, probably over the last 10 years, I've been done about 70%,
0: you know? Wow. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, a lot of the places of, you know, there be the Sahara desert or, you know, kind of provincial towns in India and stuff, your family can come visit, but it's not exactly the place where you can set up their school and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, look, there's, you know, there's great personal sacrifice to this business because it is an international business. Uh, Caleb Deschanel, who, wonderful cinematographer and another mentor i worked with uh told me one time we're all migrant film workers wandering the world looking for the next great film harvest you know and <laughs> there's a lot of truth to that like right? you know we go where the tax credits are like where the big tax credits are and where you can make a movie and if the story is set in a desert in you know africa or something you're probably going to wind up in a pretty remote place to make it so you know those personal sacrifices, you have to be okay with it. You know, you have to say, Oh, this is because I want this business. I'm willing to kind of sacrifice time with my family or work through the night and take a second job to support myself while I write that screenplay. You know, so many friends, uh, you know, I wrote one movie, the one we made. I am not a writer. I, I did write that, but I have such profound respect for writers who sit down and you know face that blank page and have the courage to push the forward? You know, um, it's a hard thing to do. <laughs> a really hard thing to do. It's a, and a really hard thing to do every day. Um, you know, so I guess to answer your specific question, yeah, it is hard. Uh, but if you if you want it and you you have a supportive family, that's a big part of it too. Is you know partner up with people in your personal life that are going to recognize that you're going to, you know, being in the film business, like being in the circus and, you know, we, we, you travel around, you're bopping around and it's a bit of a hobo lifestyle at times, you know, you might be here, you may be there, you're not sure where you're going to be in six months. For years, my wife would always say, Oh, I, I can't plan a vacation. I just, because I don't know when you're going to be working or what film you're going to be or where you're going to be in the world. And so many, you know, Thankfully, with my daughters, they've traveled, I think, to 15 or 16 countries, you know, they've been across Europe and Africa and um, India and across the United States multiple times and places, you know, some pretty exotic places that we never would have went because of my career. So that's an upside. They've gotten that education and an enlightenment. But yeah, I mean, you know, very few people get the opportunity to kind of in the business stay home and coach soccer, you know, and have that career Because, unfortunately, you know, you have to make a lot of personal sacrifices, and that often requires very long hours or traveling or being away from your family.
0: I want you to do me a favor. I want you to pat yourself on the shoulder.
1: Pat myself on the shoulder?
0: Yeah. I'm I'm fucking proud of you, brother. I got to tell you, I'm really proud of you. Thank you. you. Really. I mean, what you've accomplished is amazing. I mean, you know, from a kid from Brooklyn to come out and do what you're doing, you know, you made the dream a reality. You know, yeah, I did, and I had a
1: you know, and I really good friends like you that helped me along the way, and people that I've met. I think again, my advice to those coming out, whether it be from Brooklyn or Ohio or Canada or you know, my associate, I call him, he's my assistant. I met him on um, on extraction. I met him in India. He's a great kid, Moltazar, brilliant. And I remember I was telling the story earlier. I was sitting in our office in India. I won't mention the town because the people there will get mad at me. And I said, there's no good food in this town. (laughs) And he said, no, I can find you good food. And he brought me back Malaysian food. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I'm like, and you are, and I met him and he's now done five movies with me. I can't imagine working without him. He's a super talented, hardworking, resourceful. My point to that story is that that's the kind of thing in this business where you, like, You need to generate those kind of opportunities for yourself. You need to make yourself valuable in that room. You need to be the guy or the gal that people look at and go, oh yeah, they're talented. They're easy to work with. They're going to make me look better, you know? And that's a big part of this business is where people generally want to know that, you know, from the studio level on down, that you're going to make them look good. You're an actor, you know, they want a director who makes them look good on camera, makes their performance strong. You're a cinematographer the director wants you to make that movie look badass you know um you're an editor you better really tighten that story up you know we're all about the service to this and if you can remember that keep yourself in a kind of humble place with it and recognize that you know this is just like many other businesses where you're gonna have to put a lot of hard work in and you know have to learn a lot
0: of lessons the hard way it's great advice you know it's about you know i'm you're on your what third fourth film with the russo brothers fourth yeah no, that's amazing i mean
1: you yeah. know it's I, you know. two. they produced and then the other two the cherry and this is their directing the other two they were producers it was their company so i just want to clarify that
0: yeah you know i mean i think about like you know i was i was i was i had bobby Moresco on the show you know we talked and and i was thinking about you know like my career and the projects i've done with them you know i and it all started from, you know, being on that stage, fighting to get on that stage and wanting to do my best work to impress Bobby, you know, to, to let people know that I'm serious about this acting thing, you know. And, and I did that, you know, and, and, you know, that led to me being cast in, you know, Way of the Wise Guy or Tenth and Wolf or Crash or, you know, the many projects that I've done with him along the way. Because, you know, I was hungry. I wanted it. You know, remember, we used to to be a little sign-in sheet over there. You would have to like be the first, if you wanted to get up, you had to be the first one on that sign-in sheet. Otherwise, it was a big group. So, you know, it was that hunger that, you know, going to work and and doing the work and really wanting to go after it and show that, look, I can do this and show your talent.
1: No, you're absolutely right. I mean, big part of this business is having that hunger and that determination to get up, as Larry Moss said every day, do the things that are not easy. You know, facing that blank page, picking up that piece of that script or that scene or figuring it out and spending five hours and, you know, going over and learning your lines. I mean, you know, I'm constantly impressed by the level of professionalism, the higher you get in the business. And what I mean by that is you recognize, oh, those people are here in the A-League right now because they belong here they come prepared. They've worked really hard. They're humble. They know their craft. They understand they're part of a larger piece of the puzzle. You know, over my career, I've worked with, I've been very fortunate. I've worked with directors like Terry Gilliam and Billy Freakin and Andrew Nichol and, you know, wonderful storytellers. And every one of those movies, I look back, I realize I was just a little piece of that, telling that story or helping putting that together. And when I recognize that that's all any one of us are, even, you know, the big movie stars who were on the cover of the, you know, uh, on, the, on the one sheet of the poster, you know, you and I both know there was a dozen names to get that part before that one individual got that part. And any one of those other dozen names could have gotten that part. But that person who got that part is their job is to tell that story, you know, and to do a good job. And if you do that, you'll have a career. There's a lot of people, actors, directors who come on and they're very difficult or temperamental and they might not take it as serious as they could. I've also seen a lot of those people kind of crash and burn. You know, it's a business where if you're going to lose your perspective on things and become, you know, temperamental and difficult and stuff, most people will say, you know what, I don't really want to spend six months off with them and dealing with their nonsense every day. Get me somebody else who's a... Is just as talented and it's going to make this process a lot more pleasant or easy. Um, and that's, a, again, a big part of this thing is recognize that we're all part of a team, you know, heard Ted Sarandis say something about Netflix and I've worked with him a lot. And I thought it was really interesting. He said, Netflix is not a family. We're a team. And like a team, like a major league team, you're constantly evaluating your players and who works well and who doesn't work well. And that's his business. People can come, they get fired, they can go. You know, family vibe, certainly the, you know, the Russos are brilliant. They bring people in, they treat us that way. And it's fantastic. But we're also a team. We have to be A-list players to be on that team, to be part of that family. And if we lose that, we lose perspective, or if we're not delivering, then you're not going to stay. I mean, it's just, it is that competitive. Like, you don't stay in the major leagues in baseball unless you're in over 300 or you know you don't you just doesn't it's the same thing with the film business if you want to stay on that a a a level you got to deliver and the way you deliver is by learning your craft i cannot emphasize that enough whether it be a young producer or writer director editor costume like go apprentice with people go learn from people like the students that are fortunate enough to work with you billy i'm sure they're taking away you know every Gems every week. You have years of experience that you, you're passing down onto them. And the lessons that I learned from other filmmakers I work with over the years are the ones that really stick with me the most because most of that stuff is predicated on practical knowledge.
0: If you could go back to the young you yeah. and give yourself some advice, life advice, career advice, what would that be? My first advice would be No, this is
1: really good advice to young people. Successful people are not going to have the time to remember you. You have to make yourself memorable to them. And when I was a young actor, I was very insecure. I wouldn't want to follow up with directors. I wouldn't want to do that kind of networking that was healthy networking. I was just, oh, I don't want to bother somebody or this. Like, Drop a note. to. If you meet a producer or director and you work with them, follow up with him. Send him a note. Send him a card. Send him an email. Don't be a pest. Don't hound people. But stay in contact with people because that's a big part of this business, too. You said it at the top of this, Billy. It is about, you know, who you know, networking. It's not so much people that go, you go to a bar and you meet somebody. It's not that. It's like you may get a little part in a TV show and you meet the director and the producer remember the names, write their names down, try and find their birthday, send them a birthday card. I know it sounds crazy, but the more you're on people, because what happens with people like myself, you get a movie and stuff, you say, Oh, all of a sudden I got to hire a hundred people. I got to hire 200 people. Like you hire the people that you know that you trust and stuff. So as you start out this business, build your network, work your network. If you're an actor, you know, and you meet a director, take his or her email, drop them a line saying, oh, I'm doing this play. I'm doing that. Keep on people's radar. Remember, you need to fight to be remembered. Do that. You have to do that work. And I didn't, for years, I wasn't good at that. I was not good at that. I think I would have, you know, I think I did okay. But at the end, real looking back, I realized I had a lot of insecurity and I didn't want to bother
0: people. But I should have probably been more assertive at times. That's great advice. You know, I mean, I, I was thinking about it. You know, I did a TV series, Jerry Bruckheimer's first TV series, his right. first foray into television, you know, Soldier of Fortune. And, you know, I did the pilot and my character gets shot in the pilot. And it was a great pilot and I was kind of bummed out. It was this big time, you know, big budget show and I, and, and I got shot. But, you know, when I was on the set, I was professional. I was likable. I was doing magic tricks. I was laughing. I was hanging. They, you know, they liked me. They wanted, to, they wanted me around. They'd invite me to dinner or whatever. So long story short, you know, they knew I showed them my talent. I know I showed them that I'm, a, you know, fun to be around. And then when it was over, I got this idea. A light bulb went over my head. You know, my character's in military. And so I got some stationary, military stationary. And I wrote a letter from a doctor saying that my character, Rico, has recovered from his injury. He's ready for active duty. And I sent it to them. And they got a kick out of it. And they, were, they wrote me back into the show. There you, you go. Know? And they wrote me back into the a whole, you know, I did like five more episodes after that. And I was part of the unit again. But it took that you know, out of sight, out of mind. It took me sending that letter going, hey, remember me? And they took it and they brought me back. So, I mean, that's great advice.
1: Yeah, and that's a perfect example, Billy. Had you not dropped that note or something, they probably, not that you didn't do good work the first time, but you wouldn't have been on their mind. And they were like, get Billy. Billy's great. We had, you know, and again, there's a lot to that. Remember, this is a business where we don't use headhunters to go find people. We work our networks and our, and, you know, when I worked in the TV world for a little while, there was a corporate side that goes, oh, well, we'll go recruit to hire these people. I'm like, well, we don't really recruit. We kind of, we find people through agents and this, and, but we work, most filmmakers mm-hmm. like to work with a group of people they know or trust or they check around. And it's a very small business. So if you start to work, people will check you out in five minutes these days. So make sure when somebody goes to check you out, you check out well.
0: You know, (laughs) you really want that, you know. Do you work with actors? I mean, are you part of the casting process at all? Or how does that work with you?
1: Some films, you know, depends on the film and the process. I can often be in the casting room or sitting through casting sessions and and through that and other projects I've worked on over the years. I'm not so involved, you know, depends on the movie.
0: What's your advice to actors that being on the producing end of it, being in the room on the other side of the desk, you know, you've been on, you've been there as an actor, you've been on the other side of the desk as a producer. What would your advice be to actors about, you know, the whole auditioning process and, you know, I mean, why, why producers choose certain actors and what's your advice? Uh,
1: Make a strong choice, make a strong acting choice, you know, understand the scene, understand your role in the scene. You know, when you, You know when you're casting something generally within 30 seconds to a minute or two minutes if somebody's right or somebody's not right. And it generally, there can be surprises where you're like, wow, that person came in with a very interesting choice and I never saw it that way. But the biggest mistake actors will make is playing it safe. You know, they'll come in and they'll take a safe choice. Well, I'm not sure what the director wants, so I'm just going to do it kind of neutral. Make a strong choice, whether or not you you know that choice wins you the job or doesn't win you the job. Own that choice fully. Commit to that choice. You know, dressed for that part, fix your hair for that part. Show them that choice, so that because in TV, you know this, you've worked on a lot of TV and movies. Is very little rehearsal time. You know, and it's very often the, the director will see somebody at an audition and then they won't see them till an hour before they shoot literally so you know where you come from theater and class where you get days to work and rehearse you don't generally get that in professional tv and movies you show up so when you come to that audition those producers that director that studio they want to know that you know that, that what they're getting and you're not going to get that if somebody comes in with a weak choice so something that you know you'll see Oftentimes it's interesting because the movie Kate I was doing these uh, auditions in, in uh, Japan and there was all these Japanese actors who would come in and some amazing actors and those that came in and they were struggling with language and stuff, but made very strong choices. Almost every one of them we cast in the movie because we saw what we were going to get, you know, and there was another group of actors. I remember this because a lot of them were struggling with language that I felt like, whether or not they just weren't experienced enough or fully understood what an intention was and as an actor, how to drive an intention through and reach your objective and that mm-hmm. stuff. And a lot of them were just very forgettable. You will walk out the door and be like, I don't, I'm not sure that I didn't understand that they understood the material. They understood what that character, you know, most good writing on uh, most scenes that you um, audition with have stakes, understand the stakes, understand that character's decision and go in. And make a strong choice and then do the work you can, let it go. As an actor, you can't beat yourself up over every audition. Give yourself an opportunity to say, What did I do well and what could I have learned and where, you know? But then, you know, my, again, my advice would be prepare, learn your lines. You know, it's silly to say, but generally people do a lot better when they don't have to look down at a page and make that strong choice.
0: It's great advice. Great advice. Playing it safe is boring. Next next yeah. I, I want an actor to come in and make some big bold choices be dangerous be vulnerable be truthful take be, like bobby used to say leave a piece of your soul behind make them feel you know make them feel whatever the given circumstances of the scene make them feel that so you know they, you're going to leave them they're going to go wow that guy that guy you know whatever it is make me laugh make me cry scare the shit out of me whatever that is make me feel something you know if you're going to play it safe stay home you're wasting your yeah, time
1: no, no. One of my favorite actors is my whole career. I never got to work with him. is Sean Penn. Yeah. And I always look at his work and I say, my God, that man transforms himself. Yeah. And he's, you know, like a Daniel Day-Lewis or so those type of actors who truly do transform themselves. But his choices were so strong and so powerful. And you believed that he believed it in every bit of his DNA. And when you're, when you're sitting on the other side of that table and you need, your job is at stake, you as the producer, director need to hire good actors. You want to see somebody come in and make a choice. Even if it's a wrong choice, my other bit of advice to young actors would be, you know, make that choice, but be ready to pivot to another one. If the director says to you, that's great. You came in, you were, you were full of anger and you're full of, now bring more sympathy to that. Be ready, you know, know your instrument. Your instrument is your body your mind, your voice, and then go to class. If you want to be an actor, you know, you need to be acting. You need to be, whether it's in a, a class, a theater group or something, you need to do it. You're not going to get better reading your lines in your room. You need to get out there. You need to be vulnerable. You need to put yourself on the line and put yourself in a, that place of, you know, learning. I mean, I think the, the greatest lessons I learned in this business were some of the hardest things that I had to do, overcome my own personal fears and insecurities and push through. And that's what you have to do. You have to kind of, and whether or not you're an actor, director, producer, or any of the other skills or talents, there's gonna be times where you're gonna get fired, you're gonna get let go. You know, it's that kind of business. You know, people are it's a tough business. You have to have a tough skin. If you're a makeup artist or somebody like that, or in that fashion, and you know, you'll be some people love your work and other people don't like your work, you know. I remember, again, starting out in New York, I studied in a theater company right after high school. And I had a theater director. He said to me, if 50% of the people like you, you're ahead of the game. <laughs> and I remember thinking, I'm like, wow, that's not so great. But then I realized over the years, you know, politicians win elections by 53%, you know. But, you know, you get, my point to that is you have to recognize that not you can't always do it for acceptance. You have to do it for self-satisfaction and want to serve that story, and if you bring that and other people will see that, and other people will recognize that and that 's what you want whether you 're an actor or director or producer, you want other people to recognize your talent and your commitment and that talent and that commitment to be infectious. you know I think i 'm fortunate to be where I am, but i 'm also i 'm an easy hire at this point in my career by a studio or somebody, because generally I I get along with everybody. I deliver a movie. I can, you know, I've gotten to that point where, you know, if you're making a movie and you want to have, you know, a Sean Penn or Daniel Day-Lewis or, you know, any kind of uh, Ryan Gosling who I'm working with right now, I mean, that's an easy choice. You know, those are great actors. Those are people, you know, that everybody wants. So the, for all of us that we want to get to a point where we're there, but those people that have generally gotten there have gotten there because they deliver time and time again, even when a movie's bad, you know, sometimes you can't necessarily fault everybody. People will have come out of that, have learned to become better artists and just, you know, recognize that this is a
0: journey and enjoy that journey. Well said. You know, I know you're a busy man. I see you in your trailer right now. You got your storyboards and all your stuff up on the walls and stuff like that. So I know oh, yeah. you've taken time out of, a, out of your busy day to, to spend this hour with me. And I'm truly grateful, Patrick, for dry, you drop some serious golden nuggets out there, you know, for, for whoever's listening to get further, faster. You know, make that dream a reality. If a guy like me can do it, a guy like you can do it. They can do it too. You just got to be passionate. You got to yeah. be persistent. You got to be patient. You got to go after it like you mean it with a vengeance. And it's doable. I'm looking at somebody who made that dream a reality. And I'm super proud of you, brother. I can't wait till, you know, things calm down. I mean, now I, I'm literally, we're, we're down a few beaches. I'm, you're at Santa Monica. I'm over here in Redondo. So, so I look forward to, you know, grabbing some lunch and seeing you in person, you know, when things calm down.
1: For sure. The pleasure would be all mine, Billy. And again, you know it firsthand. You know what it takes to build, to make it in this business. You've done it yourself. And uh, for anyone who wants to do it, believe in yourself, put yourself in a good place to run the long game. What I mean by that is put yourself in a place where you can financially keep a roof over your head, a car going, and work really hard, have a smile on your face most of the time, and you'll probably make it.
0: Amen. <laughs> if a bunch of MOOCs like us can do it, anyone could do it. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, Patrick, yeah. stay safe, stay uh, healthy, yeah. and I'll, I'll see you soon. <laughs> yeah. Please don't mind. Thanks, Billy. Thanks for oh. the time. Cheers. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. Please rate, review, share this with your friends. Subscribe if you haven't.